On today's episode, we recap Monday Night Football between the New England Patriots and the Arizona Cardinals and the untimely passing of U.S. soccer writer Grant Wall. Was his death natural or is there something nefarious afoot? This and much, much more. It's time to sideline the agenda. And welcome to Sideline the Agenda. My name is Scott. With me is Kevin and Chris. Welcome to the show that sidelines the talking points of the corporate sports media. We give you our opinions unapologetically. Nothing is out of bounds and every subject is fair game. Coming up, the NFL looks to find the football out of football. And does Tom Brady the GOAT need to go at somewhere else? But first, we would like to invite you to join our agenda to sideline the agenda by subscribing to our podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you enjoy your podcast entertainment. You can also follow us on Twitter at Sideline Agenda. Sideline the Agenda. Get off the sideline and into the game. Welcome, everybody, to Sideline the Agenda. So glad to have you here. Welcome, gentlemen, to the show. Um, we got a lot uh, in. We got a lot for you. We've got a little uh, Week 14 NFL Week 14 uh, recap. Going to talk about, like I said, the untimely passing of uh, U.S. soccer sports writer Grant Wall. Um, also going to cover uh, the Heisman winner um, and uh, going to talk about uh, the NFL stepping up, stepping it up when it comes to, um, you know, uh, uh, making sure that people don't fake fake the injuries on the field. That seems to be a, a growing theme so far. Uh, gentlemen, how are we today? Everybody good? We are doing good, ready to rock. Glad to hear it. All right, well, let's get into it. Uh, Like I mentioned, uh, Heisman, the Heisman Trophy was uh, awarded uh, earlier, I guess this week, weekend? I can't remember. The point is is that uh, Caleb Williams, uh, USC um, uh, quarterback, uh, was the winner of said award. Was anybody surprised by this? I think we all kind of predicted it, all expected this to happen. Yep, yeah, he was, uh, I mean, going far and away, I think, with the numbers, he was... The clear choice, so that's that's why we all predicted it. Pretty much predicted it, but I think he choked. <laughs> Some, Utah. Somebody do Guess something Utah, with that trophy that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for me, it's like uh, the biggest stain on him, and I and again, I'm I'm the old curmudgeon, I suppose. Stain uh, on his uh, nails yeah, stain, is the stain <laughs> on his nails, exactly. You know, the whole uh, him painting his nails with the expletives against the other team. It's just it's just such an immature look. I I hope that changes because that, yeah. if anything, is the only talking point against him. Even though he did lose that game to Utah, he he, he, he I mean, he didn't lose that game to. Utah. Sure. He had great numbers uh, and he battled it out, uh, injured. You know, it, you really hate to see a guy, uh, you know, put that his best effort forward, you know, fight through injury, do what he did. That takes character. But what what is what lacks character is painting expletives on your nails. And also then when losing, going straight to the bench, throwing a towel over your head, sitting and sobbing, uh, opposed to uh, just giving the uh, the other team they're due and 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 a little out of boy and we'll get them next time kind of thing i uh, would have liked to have seen that i thought that that worked against him but of course i didn't feel that it worked against him enough to to ultimately you know it result in him not being ma- named right. heisman yeah over the course of the season the numbers he put up i mean that that's not going to knock him out for that uh but i mean got to give big props not only to him but also to his coach that is the third Heisman Trophy winner he's had in what, like six years? 
pretty impressive. Baker Mayfield, uh, Kyler Murray, and now Caleb Williams. So the the guy knows how to get Heisman winners. So he just d- doesn't know how to get to a national championship yet. You know, That'll maybe come. we'll see next year. Yeah. Maybe he needs to focus a little bit more on the defensive side because that side does matter. Uh, so we'll see what happens uh, next year. Maybe we can attract some transfers in. Yeah, and then, and then you got to be a USC uh, uh, athlete in order to win the Heisman. <laughs> Apparently, when it comes to the, anything on the West Coast, very very rarely yeah. is it handed to any other uh, individual. But uh, glad for Caleb Williams, uh, glad for USC, uh, and, and they should have uh, a good season uh, ahead of them next year because, of course, uh, uh, Caleb's returning, and, and that's just uh, going to be positive for, for the Trojans. All right, let's move on to Monday Night Football. Uh, last night, we... we, we we saw the uh, the Arizona Cardinals host the New England Patriots. Uh, the Patriots uh, beat the Cardinals 27. 27- 13. Uh, big story of this uh, game was uh, Kyler Murray. He he uh, to- totally blew out his knee the, like the first play of the game. Uh, he was he was attacked by a ghost. He was completely untouched. I don't know if you guys <laughs> yes. saw that. He's just got you know, sniper. <laughs> he did. It looked like yeah. Where's the grassy knoll? Uh, he, he went down. Um, but uh, I, I, he's I don't know. When I saw this happen, I, I I thought that you know Kyler's done. He's done for the season, and and, and maybe even done. As far as Arizona is concerned, though, I think his his contract probably tells a different story. Um, so, I mean, the Cardinals are done. I actually think that maybe even with the uh, return of Baker Mayfield, or uh, I shouldn't say return, but uh, Baker Mayfield making his way to Los Angeles and playing for the Rams, I think that they're going to actually be able to put up uh, more, just enough wins for the rest of the season to actually just be in the third slot of the NFC West and the, uh, the, the Arizona Cardinals are going to be the, uh, the doormat of, of the division. Um, that would be my thought, my take. Um, this game was, uh, just underwhelming, uh, re- really bad, really bad football period. You know, a lot of penalties, a lot of penalties on like, you know, but you know, illegal shifts or, uh, uh, you know, illegal men downfield, like a lot of just like things that you should, you should just have, you know, figured out by now. Um, but, uh, you know, regardless, you know, you had Mac Jones, uh, uh putting up a, a pretty decent effort. Still, still being the uh, petulant child like he was last week, uh, yelling at the sideline, yelling at his offensive coordinator, uh, getting into <laughs> it. You know, uh, um, you know, it's like who do, who does he think he is? Tom, Tom Brady? I mean, come on, <laughs> <laughs> you can't you can't be you know uh, cursing at everybody on the sideline and throwing things around. You know, you're not Tom Brady, buddy. Yeah, um, you might want to win at least one <laughs> Super Bowl first. Exactly. Maybe even just at least a playoff game. <laughs> but uh, did any of you guys catch that game? Did you? I mean, is, do you have anything to add to this uh, this convo here? Not really. Just kind of monitored it just here and there, but it wasn't really a game I was very interested in because it kind of went the way we thought. I mean, the Patriots are just going to uh, you know out defense the Cardinals and with Murray going down. Even though with him, I don't think they really stood much of a chance. But that, yeah, that just kind of killed the game. I just going to say that even with Kyler, it wouldn't have made much of a difference. Cole McCoy is not that big of a you know factor, and uh, the Cardinals they just don't really have really good syncrasy out there on the offensive. They look scrambled, and the Patriots' defenses they're really really good. Um, not really impressed with Daniel Jones, so you know the Patriots Mac, will pull Mac it out. Jones, and, yeah, or sorry, man, Mac Jones. Yeah, um, but the Patriots will still pull us out, and it in a not a impressive way, <laughs> and that's I think what we all 
pretty much anticipated. <laughs> yeah, speaking of uh, snipers for Kyler Murray, he, he's going to get to enjoy a whole lot of Call of Duty play now while he's rehabbing that <laughs> knee. But he's not gonna, recovery. He's not going to have to recovery. worry. Yeah, he's not going to worry about that homework. <laughs> yeah. He's going to have he's homework like, man, free I gotta, time now. I got the whole off season. got about, about four or five months of just playing nothing but Call, Call of Duty. Duty, baby. <laughs> this leg up. Work your get, thumbs get in the out. game, man. Yeah, he's going to have some really buff thumbs. Hey, maybe maybe that's what he was going for, because like I said, he was untouched. <laughs> I mean, he dodged a little left, dodged a little right, and then went down like, oh, my leg. Man, maybe yeah, he's with thinking that he needs said, to make it to think, that next level on Call of Duty. Yeah, I think this will be a big transitional period for the Cardinals. I kind of don't think that they're going to continue to go on with their, their head coach. I think he's probably going to be gone. And then Murray, yeah, what do you do? Are you going to continue to, to go with him? He seems to always have this thing where towards the end of the season, he gets injured, uh, can't really get through a full 17-game season. Um, you, you may might want to start thinking about drafting somebody and maybe He's keep him for another contract. year or two. Yeah. But the NFL has, I don't know how much guaranteed money he's got, but the NFL has got a way of kind of getting out of some of these contracts. Yeah, I, just, I feel like <laughs> I'd move on if I was them. Yeah. Um, I really would. I, I when they Before they offered him the contract that they did, um, you know, for before this season, I, I was scratching my head about that just because, again, I, I, it might be unfair. It might be a height issue. <laughs> you got to be this tall to ride <laughs> in the NFL. <laughs> but uh, I, I feel like... Uh, I don't know, just the longevity of him and his play. It's like you can scramble so long, but uh, eventually you gotta you gotta throw the ball downfield. He could do that. Don't get me wrong, but but yeah. but when you have tall defensive men, linemen in your face, like your height can only you know you can only do so much. And I don't know. I, I just just and also yeah. the, where his head was at, not liking the whole homework clause that spoke to me that management felt that he wasn't reviewing tape and doing the work that he needed to do there was an obvious problem at the tail end of last season with kyler and the cardinals because like they were they were just they were killing everybody man they were they were like a 7-0 run and then they started losing games and they like lost like six in a row uh so you, you just don't do that uh unless there's something else happening um, and, and so uh, who, who knows reading between the lines, you know, uh, it seems like maybe Kyler might be part of that problem and Cliff Kingsbury, Kingsbury definitely as well. Uh, some of the decision-making yeah. he's made as the head coach. Um, so to your point, uh, Chris, uh, the, 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 I'm sure they're going to be looking to potentially move on from him as well. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's, uh, Kind of mediocre football, and that's kind of the name of the game lately. Um, the, the the big the good teams are are definitely really kind of moving away from the pack, aren't they? Yeah. And uh, the mediocre ones are are uh, uh, you know falling to the wayside for sure. Well, let's move on to uh, Sunday uh, NFL Week 14. Um, was there any big games there that stuck out to you guys? I mean, one of the ones that uh, sticks out to my head is that big uh, upset that uh, Denver was was able to pull off against the Minnesota Vikings. De, excuse me, I said Denver. I meant Detroit. Detroit Lions, they Detroit, beat the yeah. Vikings 34-23. And, of course, that spurs everybody in sports media to jump on this. They're going to make the playoffs potentially bandwagon. <laughs> so what do you think after uh, this showing and them definitely being on, on a tear as of late, right? Like definitely, um, you know, winning some games. Uh, do you think that it's possible? Do you think that the Detroit Lions could actually make the playoffs uh, at a six and seven record right here and now? 
I'm thinking it's a little bit too little too late for them. They they were in a lot of games early in the season that they weren't able to close out, and that's going to come back and bite them because they they are really one of the better teams, at least especially offensively in the league, to where you know come playoff time if they did make it, you know they did be somewhat of a scary team. Um, I don't think they would really go far, but I mean you got to give credit to Jared Goff. We know him well here as Rams fans. We were happy to get rid of him uh, when we did. Got a Super Bowl out of it, but I mean, it's looking like the tide has turned at this point. He's he's out there playing really well, and uh, you know we're missing that <laughs> on this Rams team right now. So we'll see what we get from Baker. But yeah, big win for them against a good Vikings team. I don't know if the Vikings took them lightly or um, it's a it's a sign of. I mean, we've seen the Vikings get blown out by the Cowboys, so I think the Vikings are not quite as good as their record indicates. And Detroit is better than their record indicates, but as far as making the playoffs, I think it's a little too little too late. Uh, so I think next year, you know, they might be ready to take that next step. Yeah, no shot. The Lions are definitely out of it. They're not <laughs> even. I mean, the Vikings have a ter- terrible defense. We've been talking about this for a while. They don't have anybody on the defeat de- the defensive side. Uh, but actually, one of the other upsets I want to talk about was the Tennessee Titans losing the Jags. Like, what the heck? Tennessee, they <laughs> come out strong against good teams, and they look good. They look scary. And they're like, oh, God, this team could go far. And then they drop to little nincompoop teams like Jags out there. And just this was a head-scratcher for me. I felt like that was obviously something that wasn't expected. We felt the Titans were going to pretty much maul over the, the Jags. But, um, yeah, just, just going to show you that, you know, any given Sunday, these top-tier teams – you know they could be dropping. I mean, look at the Chargers going out there and Chargers. Well, don't get ahead of yourself, huge- Kevin. Let's let's work through some of these games because it's true, <laughs> right? Like the, the the Jaguars, right? Like they they when they're good, when they're good. I didn't know that's they're not damn very, good. I know, yeah, I know that's not very profound. I, I recognize that, but when they've got it, because because we've been talking about this all season long, the the, the maturity level of the team and 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 the Jags definitely are Jekyll and a Hyde team. team that yes, exactly leads to that Jekyll and Hydeness. Where when they're on, man, that's why like I, you know I was picking them to make the playoffs because I liked what I saw, and then then I lost they lost my trust so to speak. Um, but you, when you got to Trevor Lawrence rolling, you know throwing three hundred sixty eight yards and three touchdowns, like that's yeah. that's that's the good stuff, right? No picks, you know, and and and, and to do it against a Titans team where you know you, you do have a Tannehill throwing for two hundred and fifty plus yards, and you you have a Derrick Henry more importantly rushing for more than hundred yards. What was he? 121 yards and a touchdown. I mean, that's 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 their bread and butter. That's what they look to. So, so they, in my opinion, it wasn't necessarily at any given Sunday fluke. They're like the Titans just straight up got beat. Um, and and that's I guess maybe that is to your point, Kevin. That is the any given Sunday thing where when a team get does get together, finds that momentum. Man, like, you know, they, the, especially the Jaguars, like, I, I think that that talk about teams that we can look to the next year, you know, yeah. uh, um, for. Uh, you, you mentioned the Detroit Lions. I mean, definitely the Jacksonville Jaguars. They're, God, they're on the cusp, aren't they? Yeah, their their issue all year seemed to have been Trevor Lawrence. If he has a bad game, they lose. If he has a good game, they win. And he's been very inconsistent. And this was one of his better games of the season. And they were on the road, and they put it to a really good Titans team. You know, if, if he can start to get more consistent, less turnovers, you know, a lot of the games he was hovering around like a 50% completion rate. I mean, you can't do that in the NFL. So his completion percentage was way up, 30 out of 42. That I mean, 
three touchdowns, no picks, that's going to get it done any day. So if he can kind of start to find more consistency, yeah, they're, they're going to be a good young team that next year could definitely take that next step. And uh, Trevor yeah, Lawrence like, had a phenomenal game. Absolutely. Exactly. Didn't, they yeah. didn't, the Jags pretty much had a perfect game. They didn't turn the ball over, and that was pretty much the key. Four turnovers with the Titans. Um, yep. What three fumbles and the, and then the pick and so that yeah it just you don't expect that from Derrick Henry fumbling the ball twice and then you don't you just don't think the Titans are going to f- uh, turn the ball over four times. Um, yeah, and that'll do it but, right. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, go ahead, Kev. You want to talk the uh, uh, Los Los Angeles Chargers? Oh yeah, I always got to like <laughs> I want to say San Diego every time. Uh, the Los Angeles it. Chargers game uh, in uh, hosting uh, Miami. Uh, you want to talk that game? Go ahead. I mean that that game was also I mean that was that was key for the Chargers. I mean Los Angeles they need this game to stay in the picture and stay in the hunt. And I'm not going to lie, I was going for him. I was pulling for the Chargers pretty much all the way through and uh but this was one of those games where we wanted to see how good Miami really is. You know, how good are they going to make uh how close are they going to make this race, you know, with the Bills cuz the Bills did pull that game out um barely. It was a good game, but um nevertheless, you know, Miami they just kind of came out flat. It just kind of seemed like the Chargers had a had a perfect game, and yeah. we we're expecting, you know, the you know all this motivation, or excuse me, more mostly through the air with you know Miami, and we just didn't quite get it. And so, um, nevertheless, I'm happy with the results. I, I think that the Chargers definitely came in there and pretty much put it on them and and took that game away from them and just outplayed Miami. But I didn't expect that. Yeah, I got a question about that because you know. Everybody expected the Dolphins to win that game. I mean, even the pre-Sunday night football show where they go through and everybody makes their picks, like it was unanimous across the board. Everybody had Miami. Um, has Tua Tagovailoa been exposed? Like, Or is he simply overrated? Uh, I be- think because it was... a. It, you know, the, the lackluster performance against the Chargers that he had to me, I don't know, for the first time, I don't know that I've really watched a Dolphins game this entire season. You know what I mean? I've seen the highlight reels and whatnot, and there were highlight reels, right, uh, during that game. But as far as the downs-to-downs play, I was kind of like, I don't know. I'm not feeling Tua. Like I'm not liking his decision making. I'm, he's talented. Don't get me wrong. He's he's definitely a good quarterback. I'm not saying that, but what I'm saying about talking about the next level, the playoff level, the 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 like these guys could go to the Super Bowl level, dude. I, I'm not seeing it. Am yeah, I, I wrong? Think they're, no, I don't think they're at that level. Um, Tua, the last two weeks has not been right. Um, He's kind of known for his accuracy, and against the Chargers, he was 10 out of 28. I mean, that's yeah. far below 50%. Only 145 yards. You know, we were used to seeing Hill and Waddle go well over 100 yards uh, to a completing a lot of passes. So I think something probably got figured out as far as the NFL and the defensive scheme. Um it's definitely something going on there because before that, you know, he was eight and zero on the season. He was tearing it up. People were going to start saying, "Oh, he should be in the MVA, MVP uh, conversation." I thought, uh, sure, you could talk about him, but also, you know, got to throw in Tyreek Hill because he was having a monster year. But yeah, they come against the Chargers, and you know, the Chargers play a little bit more of that zone, so they were able to, um, you know, keep keep a lot of that air attack down. But yeah, ten out of twenty eight that that's not going to get it done. So it'll be interesting to see how they bounce back from this. Um, 
Yeah, that, not a good look for Tua. They might have figured something out because you know once once one team does something and, and holds you down, all the other teams are going to copy yeah, it until you can suit, show that you right? can you know yeah. that you can come back and against it. So we'll see going forward. Maybe it's just you know chalk it up to a couple bad games. Uh, but with that kind of weaponry that he has, you know, those games should be few and far far between. So we'll see what happens going forward. Yeah, just on top of that, just to piggyback real quick. I mean, as far as weaponization for the Chargers, I mean, their key factors is Justin Herbert coming out, throwing over 300 yards, not throwing picks, right? And then having Mike Williams on the field along with Keenan Allen yeah. and the, the good Eckler. I mean, that's I mean that's their bread and pudding. I feel like they haven't really had that all year. And yeah. when they need games, they, they come out and they're pretty scary. And so yeah. – um, yeah, it's exciting to see if you're a Chargers fan for sure. Yeah, yeah they're like on, on, on the cusp of being back to the the you know their their full strength, right? <laughs> this is how the Chargers do it. Yeah, this is how the Chargers <laughs> do it. And Chargers, of course, beat the Dolphins 23-17. Uh, real quick, would want to move on to the uh, the uh, Denver Broncos hosting the Kansas City Chiefs. The Kansas City Chiefs beat the Broncos 34-28. And I just in the wake of their loss against uh, the Cincinnati Bengals, who are definitely on the rise. Um, you know, people easily sleep on Denver because of their abysmal offense, right? But they actually have a really good defense. Uh, so considering the Denver defense, was this a bit of a statement game for Kansas City? Statement uh, not win? In my, not in my opinion, okay. no. I thought it actually was, was pretty bad. They they were up 27 to nothing at one point. And, you know, they, they eked out a 34 to, to 28 win. Um, I think the Chiefs' defense definitely needs some work. And their offense, you know... There's just something about it. I don't know exactly what it is. It doesn't seem like I can really put my finger on it. I don't know if it's Mahomes. I don't know if it's the play calling. But it seems like, man, they they can just be, you know, zero to a hundred real quick, scoring touchdowns left and right. And then they can just go like a quarter without doing anything and just go three and out, three and out, three and out. Uh so they didn't score at all in the fourth quarter. And uh, the Broncos, they put up the most points. I think they put up all season. They they put up twenty eight. So I don't. Maybe they got out to a big lead and just kind of took took the the foot off the gas. And uh, you do that to any NFL team, even a bad one. You know they can come back. And even though we saw Russell Wilson go out with a concussion, you know he was on a different planet after that when he landed into the turf there, into the grass. Oh yeah, he woke up. Um, he thought he was still in Seattle. And he was like, yeah, they, Pete, yeah. DK, where's Matt? Oh my Marshawn God, Marshawn Lynch, where it's, are you? <laughs> it's not a bad dream. I really am a Bronco. Yeah. So the the Chiefs, I mean, you know, you'll take a win, but I think they got to learn some lessons from this because going up against the Bengals and the Bills, their main competition, who they've lost to both those teams this year, uh, playoffs, you you can't play like that. So. Um, I don't think it was a statement win, no. I would agree. I think we were watching the same thing. I think we were thinking probably the same thing. We were watching the same thing. Um, <laughs> you know, because the, when the Chiefs got out there to 27-0, to you're like, yes, finally, right? This is a statement win. They put in the Broncos, you know, in their place. You know, they're last in the division, as they should be, and the Chiefs are handling business. And then you turn rack around, and the, and the Broncos are right back in the game, and you're wondering how the heck did this happen? Obviously, you got to give it for the D- Denver Broncos. They had those two crucial picks, and you got to give it to the Broncos. They scored off the two turnovers that the defense created yeah. for them, which was key. And then obviously, after the second half, they go down, they get the ball back, um, they score again. So it was literally a 21 point um, turnaround. So it was 21 to 27 at some at some point in um, in the third quarter, and then that's when. 
you know, the Chiefs, yeah, they were kind of just muttering. They were kind of just, you know, um, very stagnant on the offense, kind of uh, very momentum-y. You know, it didn't seem like it was smooth. And then it, then they started clicking again. And then and you're, you're absolutely right. Against good teams, I mean, that's how you get beat. And you can't, you know, get picked off three times in one game three, just trying yeah. to force the ball. Um, in zone play, it wasn't even like they were really much, you know, there was open guys, you know, all day long. But he, he would force it into a particular receiver and it kind of bit him in the butt. And then I do have to say, guys, their defense, I'm sorry, the Chiefs, I mean, I'm, this will be your downfall, your defense. That defense has been terrible for years now, three, four years for sure. I know you guys got a Super Bowl win, but and, and I know you guys feel comfortable that this is the this is the better defense from even comparable to last year. I don't see it. I'm just not seeing it. I know there's rookies on the corners of Williams and McDuffie, but um, I just don't see it. I don't get it. And so they need, they really need to get more defensive pressure up front because they're really not getting pressure on anybody. That's how, obviously, Joe Burrow picked them apart weeks yep. prior. Um, and, and that's the problem. They got to focus on that defense. They got to get somebody up front, not actually looking for the pass, but actually create pressure. And you're just not getting out of Frank Clark. And it's really no excuse if, you know, O-lines are double teamed Chris Jones every single play. Yeah. I mean, you're going one on one. I mean, come on, guys. I mean, you're getting paid for this. You know, you got to get in the backfield. You got to find a way. So it's just not getting it done. Kansas City Chiefs own the Denver Broncos. They've uh, beat them uh, 14 times in a row now. Um, and uh, so hopefully uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see. I mean, it seems like there might be a little bit of ki- trouble in Kansas City uh, moving forward. But, um, you know, it's it's uh, it, it's it's good to at least see them in the, the win column. And yeah. uh, hopefully. Uh, yeah, they'll uh, take it. Yeah, hopefully Russell Wilson will uh, will will uh, get better as well, and uh, I'm sure that'll that'll uh, <laughs> that'll alleviate the problems for a lot of people. You know, man, Russell can join Kyler Murray and playing Call of Duty, uh, and they can uh, <laughs> they can be talking about their woes with their headsets. Uh, let's uh, head to San Francisco. Uh, it's Tom Brady uh, headed back home. He's he's uh, I believe it was only the second time to actually play the 49ers in uh, uh, the Bay Area. Yeah, it's kind of amazing, right? Yeah, if it was his, the amount of time the guy that he's played, um, it's, yeah. it's only the, the, the second time, I believe. Well, uh, Tom Brady, it didn't turn out too well for him. He he, he met the 49ers defense uh, in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They lost that game 35-7. to Tom Brady looked washed. I mean, even Fox, they switched the coverage uh, to, to mid <laughs> mid right. game. They took you to the Carolina Panthers and Seattle Seahawks game, a more competitive game, as they said, uh, you know, uh, protecting, I suppose, Brady, um, you know, looking like he, he was a has-been in, in presence of uh, Mr. Irrelevant uh, Brock Purdy <laughs> taking snaps. It was It was undeniable, the comparison between the two. Um, you, you had this veteran goat quarterback, uh, frankly, looking old and washed up, yeah. uh, and, and even more so. It was even it was even more exaggerated that that sense because it was uh, he was playing against uh, Brock Purdy. I, I, I feel um, I, I think that it it wouldn't have felt maybe as bad, ironically, if Jimmy Garoppolo was taking the snaps, but because you had Mister Irrelevant, um, uh, Pat Nola, Brady's Heine. Um, you know, it was, uh, it was, it was a tough loss for, for, for the, for the big guy. Uh, so tough. Apparently, um, Tom Brady skipped the post game shower and just, just headed home. 
with his stinky ass Brady balls. <laughs> it's old man saggy balls. <laughs> so what do you think? Uh, is is Brady washed up? I mean, what's what, what's your thoughts on that? Because also too, just let me uh, uh, piggyback with this uh, because people talk. A lot of people are talking like, oh, it's you know, it, it's great to see uh, Tom Brady play. You know, the team that he's going to be on next year. I, I don't know. After that performance, I, I don't know that I'd be you know kicking down any doors to get Brady. No, uh, not looking so pretty out there in old ah, San Francisco. <laughs> yeah, pretty, I mean, I don't know, man. Good. They might have, they might have, yeah, they might have found someone, something with this guy. I mean, it's you know short sample size, but uh, they've got you know another four or five games, and then the the playoffs to to really see what they got with Purdy as far as the 49ers go. And if he turns out to be a stud, you know, they make a really deep playoff run. I mean, they even win a Super Bowl. I mean. Obviously, I think you let Garoppolo go or maybe try to keep him as a backup again. Do you trade Trey Lance? Maybe try and get more picks for the guy and even add more to an already pretty much stacked team. I mean, things are looking good in San Francisco right now, and I hate to say it as a Rams fan. But as far as Tom Brady goes, uh, this is, I got to say, one one of the only times when I was watching him play and I was like, man, like the guy can't throw. He's lost something with his arm. He was underthrowing a lot of passes. Uh, they were just coming out soft. And I don't know if it's just fatigue because he's been throwing like 50 times a game pretty much all season because they have no running attack at all. Um, but he's definitely lost something. I, I, maybe it was just a little bit of the colder weather and he's used to you know being down in Florida now. I, I don't know. Uh, but he looked like he was getting old and, and he was washed. He underthrew a touchdown, several touchdowns actually, uh, to a couple different receivers. He had one touchdown that was called back with a holding. Um, but the the one to uh, Scotty Miller, that was a touchdown, but he underthrew it. He had another one, I think, to Julio Jones uh, on the, the sideline that he was streaking down that he underthrew. He also had the, uh, the chance for the touchdown to uh, Mike Evans that he underthrew, hit him like in the down by the, the back foot. So under throwing a lot of passes that you don't normally see from him. So I'm going to say it's, it's yes, he's getting older, but I think it's also because he's thrown so much. He's, he might be getting a little bit of dead arm, which you'd be more susceptible to being older. So I think Brady's got to get off the bands and you know, maybe he's got to actually hit a little bit of weights and try to straighten that arm up a little <laughs> bit. But I don't know. Maybe he can't even hit some weights because then your arm isn't going to have any opportunity to <laughs> to get stronger and heal. Uh, so, I yeah, I think uh, Father Time might have been tapping him. But, you know, a number one defense maybe had something to do with it. Yeah, no kidding. You know, Brady gets the happy feet back there. He doesn't want to get any hits. He wants to just get rid of the ball. And he just didn't get enough into the throws that, that normally you would see him do and really step into it. So balls were, were falling, you know, three, four yards shorter than where they should. Um, so yeah, I, I think he's starting to look like he might be a little bit washed, but we'll see going forward because I mean, like we've been saying the last few weeks, he is that cockroach out there and you know, they're probably going to sneak into the playoffs because they're in the oh, horrible yeah. division and Brady in the playoffs, you know, you just, you just never know. I don't think they're going to go far, but I mean, you still can't count the guy out, but yeah, very bad showing one of the worst games I've ever seen Brady play and he hasn't been playing very good this year. So that's saying something just the, the under throws was what was really getting me. 
Hey, Brady, go hit them bands. Brady, Tom Brady stunk on the field, and it's only fitting that he leaves the field still stinking. Um, this might be the reason why he doesn't play in San Francisco too much. He might just stink in the in the, you know San Francisco. He just can't take a. Can't take the dew, I guess, up there. But Brock Purdy, I mean, hey, you had a perfect game, man. But don't get too cocky, man. You're playing in the big leagues now. It's just only a matter of a couple games where you just completely blow up for your team and you're feeling <laughs> like you're at the top of the mountain, man. So, um, I mean, the Frisco looks great. They looked great. They, they, I mean, they kicked, they kicked Tampa Bay's butt. You know, they, they beat yeah. them pretty bad. It was yeah. embarrassing. Um, and it, they pretty much mauled him all game long. And so anytime you have Christian McCaffrey, you know, running over 119 yards, uh, it's going to be a good game for them. And so, uh, you know, it doesn't matter. I think, in my opinion, it doesn't matter who the who the quarterback was, you know, they could have co- right. put Colin Kaepernick back out there and they probably would have won the <laughs> game won. still That's right. Right. with uh, Christian McCaffrey. Again, don't do that. I was just kidding. That was just a <laughs> joke. But to Tom Brady, you know, they're probably just coasting at this moment. They're in a very sorry division. They're going to find themselves back in the playoffs. And then t- your, to your guys' point, Tom Brady in the playoffs is a different beast. Um, then and there, I will go ahead and say if he's washed up or not, Based off of his playoff play at this moment, they don't have a running attack like you guys are insane. So, and Frisco's looking good. Um, but again, let's let's get to the the playoff time, and then uh, I'll say if he's washed up or not. But you know, again, I I cannot knock a Tom Brady loss. Well, how <laughs> how dare you guys have such negative things to say about Tom Brady? <laughs> you know, it would be very upset to hear all this. Is uh, Skip Bayless oh, yeah. uh, uh, on Fox you. from the Undisputed Show uh, with uh, Shannon Sharp? Shannon Sharp, of course, uh, holds our sentiments in regards to uh, Brady potentially being, uh, you know, somewhat uh, uh, not as good as he used to be. And uh, of course, uh, uh, I don't know if you saw this clip. Uh, Skip Bayless took uh, issue with that and then decided to, uh, uh, in essence, t- attack Shannon. And, and saying that uh, Shannon was jealous of Brady. Why don't we listen to this clip here? Still playing at a high level at 45 when you had to stop at 35. Yeah, that's what you that's do. That's the point. That's they what play you different do. Positions. Every time somebody, every time I call something <laughs> in question, I'm jealous. No, Skip, I did. Well, what I, I never did. said you were jealous of Baker Mayfield. Skip, I did what I did. You make it seem like I was a bum. I'm in the effing Hall of Fame. Okay, I so got three what? Super Bowls. So what? So what? He's way better than you were. I'm better than you were. <laughs> I got to see what you do. You take personal shots. No, for the I, don't, I don't take personal shots. Yeah. You time started it. Time out. You would take a personal shot at me. I didn't so, take oh, a personal shot at you. Wait a minute. <laughs> you, you would take a personal shot. Put your glasses back on. Can I finish? <laughs> you willing to take a personal shot at me to say this man is better than me because I say he's playing bad this year? Well, because you 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 just go ahead. You disrespect him. It, it's just so. It, so you would just you know what? It's beneath your you dignity. You would disrespect me to no. support him. No, well, I'll, I'll support him over anybody because he's the greatest player who ever Have played your it. game, no. and it's by Have far. It. Just it. just get a divorce already, guys. My God, seriously, man. Wow. To, to get uh, the paid that, to get paid that much money to just be a home. Homer, like with right. all your opinions, especially Skip Bayless, it's like you know he, the man would piss on his yeah. wife if it would make Tom Brady or the Dallas Cowboys happy. You know that guy is just the ultimate fanboy. Um, but, but but to just run everything through that filter, it's like there's no take here other than no. I'm going to become completely entrenched in my my uh, likes and 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 uh, my fandom. 
um, and I'm going to argue to to the death uh, by by even personally offending and insulting those who are apparently <laughs> closest to me. Literally, my 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 co-host, you know, like be damned because uh, uh, Tom Brady. Somebody's talking badly about uh, the goat Tom Brady in the here and now, <laughs> not like making commentary about him, you know, in, in his entire career, but just how he played specifically uh, the other night. That's I just thought that that was just incredible. Yeah, pretty <laughs> hilarious. Just the complete and utter lack of any kind of objectivity whatsoever. Where right. Skip Bayless, like, come on, the guy played a horrible game. Anyone with two eyes could see that. You know, Stevie Wonder could see that. And for him to still come out there, he's the greatest player of all time. We're not talking about his past. We're talking about that one game and his performance. And even just this season, you know, he hasn't had a good season. It's it's blatantly obvious. And then he wants to rip Shannon. You had to retire at 35. It's like, yeah, the guy played <laughs> tight, tight end. end. He wasn't quarterback. Yeah, it didn't have all is, the that is literally yeah, all moved, the rules. Like rules around <laughs> in order to increase Tom Brady's longevity. Yeah. <laughs> There's literally a rule called the Brady rule where you can't dive at a quarterback's knee because Brady was knocked out for a season because of that. It's yeah, it's, it's complete lack of those. Those guys are pretty hilarious. I mean, skip and his Brady love is the equivalent of Shannon Sharp and his LeBron love. It's just a match. They're a match made in heaven. Those guys can't do no wrong. It's a terrible argument too. It's just like, you know, you're, you're talking to a professional athlete who did that for a living who you who's of course going to be prideful about what he's accomplished and then you're comparing two positions that aren't the <laughs> same and then yeah you're going to throw it and say oh he's better than you and it's like how is that even comparable and then like poor Shannon Sharp like his record was on the line with what this past game with you know Travis Kelsey potentially breaking his you know top fourth receiving yeah. or, or fifth it's like you know come on like <laughs> that was a low blow you're just jealous <laughs> you're being sensitive I yeah I thought it was funny and and uh uh, speaking of Stevie Wonder, um, have you seen Stevie Wonder's new house? No. N- neither has he. All right, uh, let's move on. <laughs> but before we do that, we would like to invite you to join our agenda to sideline the agenda by subscribing to our podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you enjoy your podcast entertainment. Give us a five-star review. Tell your friends about the show and also follow us on Twitter at Sideline Agenda. Sideline the Agenda. Get off the sideline and into the game. Just a little bit of dad humor for you. A little bit of levity before we get into a a sad story. Uh, American soccer journalist Grant Wall died suddenly in Qatar while covering the World Cup. Wall was perhaps the most well-known soccer writer in the United States. Wall also had a presence on television working for Fox Sports and CBS Sports. U.S. media seated near him said Wall fell back unexpectedly in his seat in a section reserved for journalists during extra time of the game between Argentina and the Netherlands and reporters adjacent to him called for assistance. Emergency services workers, emergency service workers responded very quickly. He received immediate emergency medical treatment on site, which continued as he was transferred by ambulance Hamad General Hospital to Hamad General Hospital. The World Cup organizer committee said in a statement, Wall had written that he had not been feeling well in the days preceding his death, saying in part, I could feel my upper chest take on a new level of pressure and discomfort. He sought medical attention for what he was told was probably bronchitis and received antibiotics. Wall said he was detained in Qatar 
for nearly half an hour ahead of the U.S. men's team against uh, their, their match against Wales uh, for wearing a rainbow shirt in support of the LGBTQ plus community. Qatar's laws against and treatment of LGBTQ people were flashpoints in the run-up to the first World Cup in the Middle East. Uh, Qatar has said everyone is welcome, including LGBTQ fans, but that visitors should respect the nation's culture. Um, of course, so this this prompted well, what really prompted the potential suspicion that uh, there was something nefarious afoot and perhaps he had been murdered um, was his brother, who is a homosexual, uh, took to Twitter. I'm, I'm going to spare us the playing the video right now because, of course, it's a grieving brother who's just found out, you know, uh, you know, his brother died. Um, and, and he was saying that he thought that uh, his brother had been murdered. Um, because of the fact that he was outspoken in his support of the LGBTQ plus community. Um, but then there's the other aspect of the fact that, you know, Grant, he was, um, uh, he just turned 48, like his birthday, he has, his, it was like days prior, right? So he's a young guy. He, he was in, sh in shape, you know, relatively speaking, um, I mean, he, he, looking at the photos of him, though, he, he doesn't look well, I must say that. You know, he's got, like, the deep-set eyes. It's completely unfair judgment from my point, but, you know, I have eyes, and I can just go off of an opinion from that. He's skin and bones, uh, and, and has, like, the deep-set, like, uh, eyes just kind of looks, like, kind of looks a little sickly, you know, for whatever it's worth. Just throwing that out there. Uh, but the other aspect of it, of course, is since, you know, being a young male, Everybody, you know, at least those who have been paying attention to the world, especially the new world of COVID-19 vaccines and the myocarditis that's been happening, especially within athletes, people literally dropping dead. It's like, God, how did this person die of a heart attack? They're so young. They're an athlete. They're in shape. You know, this individual does seemingly the same thing. And of course, when you look to... Um, for what it's worth, I'm not. I'm not trying to insinuate anything. But when you look to uh, Grant Wall's wife, who is a uh, doctor, Celine Gounder, at Princeton University, Gounder is an infectious disease specialist and epidemiologist at New York University. She served on the Biden Harris Transition COVID nineteen advisory board, and uh, currently she is a big uh, Paxlovid. Um, pusher, you know, um, and so I'd be curious to, to know who she's lobbying for. Uh, so this is a hodgepodge of, of, of stuff, right? You know, at one end, yeah. you've got uh, conspiracy theorists, uh, you know, thinking that uh, perhaps he was murdered. Uh, on the other end, you have conspiracy, quote unquote, theorists that are concerned that this might be a bad side effect of the vaccine and boosters because, you know, with a wife that's doing what she's doing, he was definitely double vaxxed and if not boosted multiple, multiple times, you know, especially preceding, you know, a trip to um, yep. the World Cup where you have multiple, an international event with people coming from literally all over the world. You know, uh, if you have somebody in your close to you who's very conscious of that kind of stuff, you know, you he probably was recently boosted. And then, you know, I don't know, just for what it's worth, I, I'm not a doctor at all, but, you know, him, you know, receiving antibiotics, you know, for not feeling well, that could have complicated things as well. I mean, he had a birthday. Maybe he, you know, maybe he's got a drug problem. I don't know. Maybe he partied real hard that night. You know, you, like there's all these different things. 
Uh, but again, kind of similar to uh, that previous conversation we had uh, regarding the uh, defenseman from the Carolina Panthers who had the uh, stroke. It's like, what you know, in order to make anything of this, w- one would need all the information. Um, and it would be lovely for that once that information is gathered for, for the results to be shared regardless of what they are. Unfortunately, in this day and age that we live in, uh, finding the truth is a is a taller task um, and and something that uh, really seems unattainable. So, you know, it's uh, I, what did you make of this story? Like, uh, because th- like I said, there's there's so many different moving parts here. Of course, people want it to be what they want it to be for their own agenda. Um, you know, like for example, the whole like was was Grant murdered? I I don't think so. I mean, Qatar would have to like r- like risking so much, uh, you know, on the international stage to take out like a, a U.S. journalist just because he he believes in LGBTQ rights. Like that that seems you know far fetched to me. But of course, you know, this is all it. You, you know, what really spurred this? If that was the case, it's because of the U.S. soccer's virtue signaling you know, that actually influenced this journalist to take action in a country that had different a different belief system, you know, right or wrong, they had a different belief system and and, and run their their lives in a different way. And and, and he should have followed the, the lead of the team, you know, when uh, FIFA stepped in and said, you know, you guys aren't going to wear those rainbow crests, you're not going to do this, you're not going to have the one pride or one love armband, because there's a lot of money on the table. That's really what was afoot there. Uh, pardon the pun, um, but uh, uh, you're not going to do that. I mean, he should have uh, followed that lead as well and, and uh, not, uh, you know, put a, a target on his back if that was the case, you know, but I don't think that's the case. Obviously, um, this individual probably had health issues. Don't know, but uh, maybe uh, he had uh, vaccine issues. Uh, I, I don't know. What, what do we make of this story? Yeah, there's a lot to uh, digest here. A lot of a lot of different scenarios. And I mean, there's probably truth in none of them or a little truth in all of them. Who, who knows? Um, yeah, it, it seemed like he was, of course, a soccer reporter, but he did more than that. You know, he also had some write-ups on several different sports, but it seemed like soccer was his main thing, which is probably a good reason why none of us have ever heard of him. Right. Because uh, <laughs> basically no one in the U.S. is really into soccer for the most part, speaking generally. Um, so yeah, I'd never heard of him. I, I the only... Th- time I saw him was that picture of him, you know, doing his, uh, uh, with the shirt, trying to get his attention. Um, yeah, which he got, well, right. Right. And I thought he was just like a normal fan, but no, he was a reporter. So he knew what he was doing. He was trying to get the attention so he could write up his piece about it and just draw more controversy to the area. So, you know, I, I don't think he probably was, you know, he believed in what he believed in. I'll, I'll give him that. Um, the Qatar government obviously didn't like that. They also didn't like some of his past work where it had nothing to do with soccer and he was ripping them for how they treat their migrant workers and how there's a lot of deaths going on there. So he he didn't just stick to soccer. You know, he he definitely had an agenda. Uh, some you know, pretty much anyone that works for ESPN or a lot of these types of companies now it's like they're activists and sports journalists, but activists is almost right. like the first activist first thing. Right. And that's one of the things that we despise and, and try to uh, sideline that. But unfortunate that he died. Um, obviously now I was, re- I did read one of his last posts and he was mentioning that he was working like a lot. He was got a lot of sleep deprivation and he wasn't feeling well. And you, anyone knows that if you're not getting sleep and you're sick, that's, that's, 
not good. Um, that's just going to put whatever illness you've got into high gear. So kind of curious why the uh, whoever he's reporting for, like, can you not afford any other journalists? Like, does this guy need to be working as much? Like, did he literally get worked to death? Right. Um, and then you got to throw in the fact that, okay, now he's going to rely on this Qatar uh, medical staff for medical attention, and maybe they don't want to really help this guy because of the past. So, you know, maybe some of his active activists uh, kind of came back to bite him. Um, but then, I mean, the, the big elephant in the room is his wife working for the Biden transition team for COVID. Right, exactly. You know, a very involved person, a, a like you said, epidemiologist, a specialist. So you know this guy was getting all the vax, all the boosts, going over to, like you said, a foreign country for a huge global event. You know he's going to get up to date on all the vaccines. I mean, maybe it wasn't just the COVID. Maybe it was a combination of that and some others. Uh, but there's a, a reason why we've we've been seeing a lot of deaths from the 18 to what 50 um, age group to yeah. where it's 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 a fact where insurance companies are are reporting it, mortuaries are reporting it. You know, some of these places just can't house all these bodies that they got because there's like I mean I've I've seen all kinds of different numbers, but I've seen them as high as like 40 percent of extra deaths. Uh, in that age group that are unexplained and th there's there's something going on uh, whether it's a, f uh, a factor of many different things uh, as opposed to it just being as simple as being oh it's just the jab i mean maybe the jab is the most um prevalent thing there but it could also be you know lots of people are isolating so their immune systems got weakened and now they're you know out and about again so now they're getting exposed to many other things so that you know, it could just be again, like a perfect just a, sitting in just a perfect storm scenario yeah, yeah. to where now you're getting bombarded with a lot of different things and you're already in a weakened state and now you're going over there and working day and night not getting sleep and different now you got a medical, zone. yeah, different times. But now you got a medical staff that doesn't really want to help you because of your stances. So it, it could literally be a combination of all of that. But crazy scenario. It sucks that it happened. I'm sure they're going to investigate it. And and if we don't ever hear anything about it again, then you know there probably was was something going on with uh, with the vaccine or or uh, some kind of foul play. But if if you hear a lot more reports about it, uh, there probably wasn't much there because they they kind of have a tendency to kind of throw some uh some of the the more um damning evidence under the bus if they can yeah i'm so glad you guys brought up his wife i think it's such a key factor here because this i mean her allegiance already i don't trust it <laughs> so i don't know what they're putting out i mean he might have been a guinea pig for something that could have been you know so oh, it's just oh, my my husband he's great he's a proactivist he can, he'll try it he'll do it um actually i kind of stumbled in on this story a little bit on the backside. i actually first heard of it through the brother's video of him crying <laughs> sorry it's not funny but well, no him, it's not funny um, yeah it's, him exactly. crying basically yeah pointing the finger saying that you know Pretty much that Qatar killed him or that he was representing LGBTQ community, blah, 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 blah. They had a target on his back. Well, obviously, that did happen. He did wear a shirt. He did, you know, get publicized for that, uh, for that stunt. And um, that might have, you know, obviously maybe turn some heads towards them but i don't think i agree with you guys i don't think a country is going to do that to you know just some journalists you know i don't i don't see why but again he put himself in that position again i don't i'm not i'm not uh um 
I'm not saying that it's good that he died, right? But um, actually, I, when I dived into the story, um, he was complaining about respiratory problems before. Um, definitely early in the week, he, he was already you know getting treatment uh, seemingly for you know a, a bronchitis, a bron- bronchitis, uh, yeah, bronchitis or something to that uh, to the that nature. He was yeah. Having, yeah, he's had he's having some issues, and that's probably what you're seeing, Scott, with the the photos, because he he doesn't look very healthy. He does looks like skin and bones. Well, no, no, and I'm s- talking about his photo his photos in general, like just uh, across the years. Like he's a really skinny guy, like seemingly like a really frail guy. Like uh, you know, he's he he's not Italian. I'll say that. Right. <laughs> he's not no. well fed. He seems like he's probably a vegan. vegan. Exactly. Right. Like right. it's just all of those check marks of of a guy who again, you know, live your own life. Uh, that but 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 has that kind of mindset, you know, uh, uh, dabbles in or is is in that world. You know, I'm sure it's it's all those things, you know, and and that could you know, like Chris said, to his point, contribute. You know, everything's kind of a bit of a contributing factor here. And the, the, when you when we're scratching our head, it's it's really because you know no one's really came out and said what was the actual cause of the death. And so when there's things like that transparency, and there might be some you know legality issues with the family, or maybe no one wants, maybe they don't they don't want to tell anybody what it really was. And you know, to each his own, that's fine. But when it gets publicized like this, I think that you know ultimately people are prone to, or should have. Um, are deserving of seeing okay what was the real cause that way this conspiracy you know crap doesn't start you know elevate and then we don't start talking about it more and more and then all of a sudden the lgbt community comes out and says oh we got to do this and that for the guy that they don't even know but they think that they have his allegiance and so it kind of comes to this like whirlwind effect but i will say the silver lining at the end of this tunnel is he's actually died and he's doing what he loved. He died at a, at a soccer game. It's not funny. At the World I'm Cup. I'm not laughing. Yeah, no, I know what you're Don't yeah. get better than that. I mean, absolutely. Um, no, this is this is just one of those stories that uh, first and foremost, I think his body was, was repatriated the the other day, yesterday, I believe. So uh, he's he's now back in the states, and so of course, I'm sure a coroner will do their job and 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 uh, figure out what what might have been the cause. But uh, back to you know this whole story. Like, if we really break this down, how crazy this story is. Uh, you know how prime it is for you know anybody wanting to. Re- into this, you know, of course, it's in, in Qatar with the whole, you know, the the LGBTQ plus, uh, um, uh, you know, issues that were uh, there, like with the, the U.S. team uh, and, and other soccer teams looking to to you know uh, uh, stand up against that, and uh, then of course him, you know, being spurred to to you know stand up for people like his brother, you know, he wanted to wear the shirt, you know, he wanted to to continue. That that cause. And then, uh, so there's, there's that whole story, but then there's the him young dying of a heart attack from, from what we understand, at least so far. And then his wife is, you know, uh, uh, you part of the Biden, uh, Harris vaccine committee or what, you know what I'm saying? Like, like, and then of course, I don't know if you ever heard, if you heard that there was another photographer died like 48 hours later after Grant died. Um, he was a Qatari, uh, photographer, um, and, and, uh, don't know the reason for his passing. So, you know what I mean? It's like, it's like all these different elements. It just makes for just kind of a crazy story. And, 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 and you, you can let the imagination run wild, uh, with this one if you let yourself, but, um, 
you know, uh, irregardless, sad to for 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 anybody to pass, especially this young. Uh, right, of right. course, uh, you know, uh, Grant Wall. Uh, you know, I wasn't aware of him. None of us were aware of him. Now we are, uh, and uh, he he seemed to have a very positive contribution to to soccer and uh, you know his his family and all that kind of stuff. And so, of course, rest in peace there, Grant. Um, but uh, let's move on. Speaking of soccer, <laughs> speaking of football, speak, speaking of flopping, uh, the NFL has sent a memo or has sent a memo to all teams regarding deliberate action to delay the game, better known as faking an injury, uh, a trend uh, that has been taking place now in the league. They have notified everyone that punishment is possible for teams, coaches, and players. Suspension and or forfeiture of draft picks are also a possibility. The league has finally acted on such threats by finding the New Orleans Saints, $350,000 and gave additional fines to two coaches and a player for faking an injury during a game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Coach Dennis Allen received a $100,000 fine. Co-defensive coordinator Ryan Nielsen was fined $50,000 and defensive end Cameron Jordan was fined $50,000 for the delay in the fourth quarter of the Buccaneers 17-16 comeback win. The Saints denied purposely delaying the game in Tampa, describing medical attention Jordan sought before and afterward, and said they planned to appeal the fines. Jordan, he expressed his displeasure with the fine on Twitter, saying, quote, most expensive fine to date from the at NFL came in yesterday, added stressor for no reason. So, gentlemen, um, have you noticed this trend first and foremost? And do you think the league is doing the right thing or are they being too harsh? Yeah, I've, I've definitely noticed it. And they found, I don't know who started it, but they found the loophole. Soccer started it. Soccer yeah. started it. <laughs> Soccer is to blame for all this. They already ruined the NBA. Now they're trying to weasel exactly. their way into the NFL. Um, yeah. Um, they found the loophole and they've been using it to their advantage. Various teams have, and the NFL finally had enough. So they're going to come down really hard to uh, set the president and to just stop it. Um, so whether Jordan actually faked it or not, I, I can see the NFL's perspective of, okay, well, we're just going to still throw the book at you because this has to come to an end. And, uh, you know, I don't blame him for that because none of us want to see that. Uh, if you guys are out of position and you're just getting ran over and you you want to fake it to uh, you know try and get some subs in or or uh, come up with a new scheme or something, yeah, you you guys don't deserve to win anyway. So there's no no place in the sport for faking injuries. Now the injuries it's always difficult because how do you really know? You know I guess if you're going to go down with an injury, if you are faking it, you've got to really continue to fake it not only for the rest of that game, like you probably got to come out and not come back in, uh, but you got to go through all the like sports medicine treatment. You you got to go to the, the hospital or whatever you got to do to make the NFL not find you. Like you got to really ride it out. So if you're a star player like Jordan, you can't, you can't do that. You got to be like a sub or something that's going to fake the injury. But um, yeah, I mean, going as harsh as, you know, taking draft picks like that, the, the NFL is not going to put up with it. And I applaud them for that. 
because uh, we don't want to see this good to continue. Well, real quick, Jesse Bates, he pulled this buffoonery. Uh, I don't know if you remember this, Kevin, against your Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs were, uh, you know, on the fourth yard line uh, looking to score against the Bengals, and the Bengals defense was trying to make a, a change. And uh, he's standing there. There's video of it. He's, he's just standing there, and two guys are running in, and the other guys haven't started to get off, and he just kind of falls down. <laughs> Ground. Oh yeah. yeah, and then and then after a little while, it's like uh, after the trainers roll out there and stuff, he just pops up and walks right off, you know. So it's like, come on, guys, like this shit's got to stop. I mean, this yep. isn't football. No, enough with the flopping. Yeah, stop, no, and then stop go, running go, the clock. <laughs> goes to the sideline, and even the coach gives him a you know a, a little hand five and a little pat on the butt. Good job, man. No, th- that's just, I was just gonna bring that up. So the, oh, sorry. About finally, that. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm glad you did because I, obviously you're aware. But finally. Uh, the NFL, this is something they're going to be proactive with. Finally, this is teams have been doing this for a long time. But now it's so up and pretty much in your face where it's like, yeah, we're faking. All right, drop to the ground. You know, before guys were, they would be rolling out around out there and kind of, do, you know, doing, you know, kind of selling the show. Now guys are just so abrasive about it. They don't care. They're just, they'll just drop yeah. and then bounce back up. Like what you guys saying. And okay, time's up. We're good now. Yeah. We're la- the, laughing and giving each other high fives on the sideline afterwards. Yeah, right. Not yeah. A, not, definitely not. Okay. Definitely needs to be, have some action taking place. And, you know, Jesse Bates was, you know, the guy from obviously the Bengals, what, what Scott was mentioning, you know, he got fined too. He got fined $50,000 and well, he should have, he honestly, he should never have came back in that game because that was a key, uh, was a key down key series. Series, um, and he was doing that just prior to the Chiefs going down, scoring. Um, and obviously, they had too many guys on the field, which would have uh, resulted in a penalty flag for the the Bengals defense. And so he just literally collapsed, just fell down on the ground, and act like he was, and then kind of walks off. And then all I mean, all these guys are doing, they're walking off for what one play, and then they're right back in the game again. Like that, that can't be done. If you're going to be injured, you're going to fake an injury. You're going to be out for the game. Like you're, you're done. You can't just come right the next play. And that's, that's probably another rule or, you know, another thing that they need to change as well. Not just the fine, because um, we've been seeing this for a long period of time, but it's getting more worse and worse as um, you know, seasons have starting to yeah I'm I'm really I'm really happy the league is doing this and trying to crack down on this my only issue is 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 it enough is it enough money you know like we said with the the Saints situation you know the Dennis Allen receiving a hundred thousand dollar fine coordinator uh, defensive coordinator getting 50 same with the player fifty thousand dollars like in a key clutch situation isn't that kind of potentially peanuts and then, right. of course, it has to be provable. You know, like you're saying, Kevin, it's just become so blatant now that, the, that, that I don't know, maybe they need to uh, spend a little, uh, you know, preseason training at the uh, local community theater and get their acting chops <laughs> up, you know, in order to sell some of these uh, these these potential, these uh, injuries, these fake injuries. Um, so is, is, is there a problem with the amount? Should the amount be even higher, maybe even higher to the player, per se, uh, uh, because... Uh, like you know, if if like I said, if if you're in a, a situation where you you could use the time, like well, what's fifty thousand dollars? You know, what's what's you know what's a hundred thousand dollars if you're the head coach? Yeah, I think uh, find the player a little bit more, um, but I think once the uh, the NFL because it sounded like they threatened it from what you originally said. Uh, if they start throwing in draft picks too, yeah, no, that's you're going to see it, yep. teams. You're gonna, yeah, you're going to see teams back off real quick because. 
depending on what position they're in. If they're in a position to go all out, win it all at no matter what cost, you know, they're one of those challenging teams, one of those maybe four teams in the league that really has a shot to win it. They might throw caution in the wind. And in a crucial situation, you know, they'll gladly pay. I mean, they'll pay a million dollars for a win if, if it means, you know, getting to the big show or not. Uh, but once you start throwing in draft picks as well, you know, then you're really putting their whole future on the line. And I, I think that will really start to discourage it. But the player, I mean, yeah, penalize them more because who's going to want to be the guy that goes down and, and has a huge chunk of his salary taken, you know, unless you're one of those star guys that's making, you know, 20 million plus. But still, you, you know, want them uh, out of a, a snap. Yeah. Because you know, they'll have uh, to go off the field regardless. Yeah, exactly. You know? But, you know, you start throwing in 250 grand you know, per offense, uh, or if it's compounding, yeah, now you know, talking. you start taking a, a pretty big chunk out of even the, the big guy's salary. Uh, so uh, NFL is definitely taking a step in the right direction on this. I agree. I think uh, if, if the one guy's faking it, you know, they're getting, they should get kicked out. They should get ejected from the game. You can't get back in the game. If you don't want to play, you're faking an injury. You can't come back and compete. That's what I think. I know. I love that. I wish they would do that in soccer. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's just the most like oh god I, I just that's why I'll never be popular in America it'll never be popular because because I mean the day that it is popular in America we've lost we've lost yeah, so America's done uh, <laughs> pretty much that's that's the canary in the coal mine all right let's move on to Thursday night football uh, I believe uh, the San Francisco 49ers are going to head to Seattle to take on the Seattle Seahawks this is a NFC West who's best uh, I think we all know the answer to this especially seems that the Seahawks have been exposed as, as far as if you want to beat the Seahawks, you, you just got to run the ball, baby. They got terrible yep. run defense. Um, McCaffrey's rolling. Debo's out. He's injured. From what I understand, he's supposed to return by the postseason. Um, you know, of course, I'm picking the 49ers to win this. I think we're probably on the same page. But uh, do Gino, the uh, quarterback of the Seattle Seahawks, why is Gino Smith? Uh, <laughs> he, he didn't have a very good game uh, this Sunday, um, you know, looking to bounce back at home. Um, you know, is 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 there gonna is will, will there be a surprise uh, as as far as you can tell, or uh, is is the Forty Niners the 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 best in the West and also the best in the NFC? Uh, I won't go as far as saying the best in the NFC yet because man, Philly looks really good. Yeah, they do. Uh, Cowboys had a bit of a scare, but Cowboys are going to be in the mix. But yeah, the Forty Niners, I don't think they'll they shouldn't have too much trouble against Seattle, especially because their strength is Seattle's weakness on both sides of the ball. And um, I think the only X factor is going to be that rookie quarterback for the 49ers. You know, if he goes out there and, and stinks it up and turns the ball over, but I don't think he's really going to have the chance because the 49ers are just going to run the ball. Just They're just going to run it, it all day. Right. You know, I think Gino will probably still have a decent showing, but you know, the defense for the 49ers, they're, they're, the best in the league for for a reason, so I, I don't think this should be much of a challenge for San Francisco, barring them coming in there, you know, off this huge one against Tampa Bay and just feeling themselves too much. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't think Seattle has has much of a chance on this one. I'm going the other way with my prediction in this Ooh. division play, guys. This is in Seattle. It's a home game for the Seahawks. Um, I'm going Geno Smith. I think they're going to come out there and put it to the 49ers again. I was talking a little bit. I was hinting towards this um, with Purdy sitting on top of the on top of the mound right now. He's feeling like he's the man. He's what? What? He's what? Two games, and so he's probably feeling himself. And um, actually, you know, the Seahawks they got to win. This is a this is a big game for them to yeah, even get back true. into the playoff Season, picture, possibly. not just the division. 
Um, but actually to get a playoff pick, you know, pl- uh, playoff run. So they got to win this game. So I- I'm going to ride out with Pete Carroll. I'm going to ride with the Seahawks, uh, Seahawks today uh, for this one. And um, should be a good one either way. Should be a, uh, obviously a division showdown. Um, I'm, I'm picking the Seattle's to, to upset Frisco. Yeah, it's not necessarily a bad pick there, Kev, because, you know, Purdy, like Chris was saying, could could be the wild card because he could be feeling himself a little comfortable. Yeah, I beat the best. I beat the GOAT. You know, uh, he's got that swag walk going and thinking that, you know, I can I can dunk it. I could throw the hot potato pass just like uh, Mahomes did. You know, I got some stuff. And then, you know, he, he's got three interceptions or three, four turnovers. You know what I mean? Like that could <laughs> definitely change the game uh, for Seattle. Um, um, so it should be a good game because it's a great point. It's definitely you know feeling like a must win for Seattle, uh, especially uh, losing last week, uh, losing Sunday. Yeah, um, yeah. If you're, if you're yeah. yeah at home, yeah. right? And, right? And so you know this, this is uh, their, their their backs against the wall for sure. Yeah, and if you're Pete Carroll, you know you got to stop the run. And again, you got the rookie on the other side, so you're going to force him to beat you. No yeah. Debo. Yeah. You know, maybe uh, maybe Kevin could be onto something here, but I, I'm still sticking with the 49ers. Well, especially with the way this season's been, man. Like, uh, yeah. I don't think anything's uh, set, in, set in gold. Uh, real quick, just because uh, I'm curious, uh, uh, you know, we, we were talking about, you know, potentially, you know, the, the, the top teams are, are definitely pulling away and the mediocre teams are falling back. And, and so when it comes down to like the teams that are the conversation, like, let's be real. These are really the teams in the conversation. Who would you say that is as far as the AFC is concerned in the NFC? Like for me, clearly the AFC, we're talking Bills, we're talking Chiefs, we're talking Bengals. I think yeah. that's probably it for me personally. And yeah. when I look to the NFC, really, uh, we're talking the Eagles, we're talking the 49ers. I mean, I don't know that I'm talking Vikings because of their defense. I don't know that I'm talking uh, Cowboys because they've got Dak. You know, and he's right, always good right. for two picks, uh, and that doesn't do very well in the postseason. So, uh, you know, one at a time, guys. Uh, what what are you thinking? Yeah, I've got six teams, uh, basically the exact same. Uh, I, I got the Eagles and the NFC, the Cowboys. I th- I think they'll they'll be they'll be in it, um, and the 49ers. I think it's actually going to. I think the Eagles are are probably going to be in the championship game for the NFC. I think it's going to come down as it'll be interesting to see how the seeding ends up. Yeah. But the, the who's going to knock each other out, the Cowboys and the 49ers, that age old matchup. Uh, that's the one that I really want to see there. Um, because, you know, you got those defenses going at it and then you got the established quarterback versus, you know, looking like a rookie. So I mean, who knows there? Those, those are my three teams for the NFC. AFC, it's, it's the same. I think it's pretty much obvious. It's going to be the Bills, the Bengals, and the Chiefs, pretty much what we saw last year. And uh, as much as I hate to say it, you know, the, the Chiefs defense, like Kevin said, is is definitely the weakest of the bunch. And with their offense being kind of uh, hit and miss, uh, they're going to have to really put some good games together to get through that gauntlet because uh, there are a lot of good teams out of the uh, the AFC, but it, it's going to be between those six, in my opinion. I agree. So I'm mimicking you guys pretty much the same thing. You know, the Bills should have an easier ride. They should get 
Um, I don't know. We'll see. But they sh- they're right now, as if we stop right now, uh, they would have the number one seed. So that means the first uh, first buy. Then they would you know play probably the last seed seeded team in the playoff picture still that remains. So they should have an easy way to the AFC Championship. Obviously, the Chiefs, the Bengals are pretty much my go-to. So the the Chiefs and the Bengals will probably be the one battling it right in, in the in the second game in the play in the AFC picture. And then they'll have to go to Buffalo, and then you know beat Buffalo there. So it's going to be it's it's going to be a tough road for any one of those two teams. Obviously the Bills should have an easier way, but um the Bills are pretty much choke in the playoffs. So um I those are my three picks. Any one of these three teams at any any Sunday could could win. So um out of the NFC, I mean it's the same thing, you know, the Eagles with, you know, just much like the Bills, the Eagles are in that kind of roadmap um and then this followed by Frisco, San Francisco and uh and seeing what the Cowboys can do in the playoffs. Cowboys choke, you know. So um I, I do think San Francisco will probably meet the Eagles in the uh, NFC showdown um and then the winner of that could get to the Super Bowl, but um that's the thing I love about NFL. It's just you never really know. The playoffs are exciting. I, right. I do love it, and it's coming up, and I, I'm super excited, and I hope everyone is too, and you know, I can't wait. Any given Sunday, it's so true, and it's uh, the, the, these these matchups are going to be good. And, of course, the other thing too is I'm getting really excited about uh, Sunday night football uh, coming up between the New York Giants and the, uh, the Washington Commanders because, you know, yeah. I, that, yeah. that's just fun to me. These guys are going to be battling it out for that wild card slot, you know, do or any of them uh, have the longevity to to go the distance? Probably not, but at least the, these little matchups are, are always fun too. So a lot of good football. Uh, it's going to group be great to see how this uh this all plays out because it's it's not far from now boys uh we we don't have many weeks left that's for sure what about uh, old tom brady you gonna count out old tom brady don't, count out of you. don't bet against brady all right that's gonna do it for us thank you so much for listening to sideline the agenda please subscribe to our podcast on apple Podcasts or wherever you enjoy your podcast entertainment go ahead and give us a five-star review and tell your friends about the show you can also follow us on twitter at Sideline Agenda. I'm Scott, that's Kevin, that's Chris, and this has been Sideline the Agenda. Get off the sideline and into the game.